You are locked in to the hottest podcast in the produce industry. The Produce Life is the place to gauge anything and everything in the fresh produce industry. We tackle all the current news stories, industry trends, and market updates. Be sure to check us out online at www.theproducelife.com and on Instagram at Produce Life Podcast. Now, here's our host, live from Space City, Brent Ehrenwert. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Produce Life Podcast. I'm fortunate today to be joined by Maddie Fisher of John Green Logistics Company. She's the marketing manager currently and has a very extensive career in hospitality and logistics. I actually stumbled across her just through some other networking ventures that I do online, and one of the things that really attracted me to her resume was just how engaged she was and things that were more than she was, more industry-wide activism type things, just trying to see what's going on with the industry. And also a pretty cool note is I've personally never had a woman on this uh, podcast, so that was pretty exciting to be the first of, I hope, many. So thanks again uh, for joining me, Maddie tonight and taking this time to start out of your schedule. I appreciate it. Yeah, Brent, I'm super excited to chat with you and just have a real conversation. I'm excited. No, no, I am too. I know we've been trying to do this for quite some time. So, you know, going into, you know, a little bit, just to hit the top here on the logistics side of things, I know the supply chain's been an ongoing this big, big time talk. It's in the news everywhere. You're seeing a lot of things. How much is your, I know like me, to keep the supply chain moving, you never saw a break during COVID. It's one of the ways we met. What is your schedule? Has it changed at all? Are you seeing just a lot of supply slash, you know, less or more demand, less supply, just a lot of calls, a lot of kind of frustration on both ends? How's your schedule and kind of the attitude of your customers change in this chaos? I mean, I would just say that we're, we're really always busy. I mean, as far as, you know, logistics and being, you know, we ship about, I would say 80% of our yearly revenue comes from shipping fresh produce. Um, We've JGLC has been in business for 59 years. It'll be 60 years. Um, next year. And so that's, that's really exciting. Um, The business has remained family owned and operated that whole time. So that's, that's really excited, exciting. So we've been able to, you know, really develop relationships with our customers and our carriers throughout many decades. Um, So we're really fortunate in that, in that sense. Um, But we're really, we're just really always busy, especially right now where, when the supply chain is just almost like complete madness right now. Um, Jeffrey Green, who is the president of JGLC, was recently featured in the New York Times, um, and that was 
about the supply and chain mad madness and what's happening right now. And, um, but I would say really, we're just always busy. It's really kind of booming right now. We're in a really good spot because, you know, our customers need trucks. And since we've been in business for almost 60 years, and like I said, we've had those relationships, you know, with our carriers and we vet them, you know, really well, we've been really fortunate. Um, and I think our customers have been really, really happy with us. Um, and the holidays are coming up. So right about, you know, and you know how the holidays are. So a month before the holidays, things start to really ramp up. And it happens every year, but this year it's going to be a little more crazy because of supply and demand and, you know, the trucking or the trucker shortage and getting those trucks. So we're just, we're really busy, but we've been able to really maintain, you know, this past year or two. No, and I think what, uh, what you said makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that I like that you said is that you're 80% produce and I, being exposed to that 20% other is so crucial because I know from a business standpoint on my business, we had a big exposure to hotels, restaurants, country clubs. And had I not had that exposure to cold storage and retail, then I really feel like I could have come out of this whole deal a lot worse. And I think a lot of people, they get so mindset just on certain types of businesses or they get locked into what they do and they get too afraid to venture outside the box and you never know when you might need that play card and one of those cards too that I do I still do home delivery I don't really think it's very sustainable right now but I think if we go into some of these supply chain crises and I think if we see supply chain shortages and we see any other kind of COVID outbreaks or ice storms or hurricanes. I've noticed that to be a very good feather to have in my cap of something I can already do and just flip on. And you're a marketing person. So, you, you know, as well as I do, all I got to do is just enhance that marketing for that extra couple of weeks and grab those sales that are already there. So we constantly got to be thinking about that. And the other good point you said is that all businesses, uh, you know, our net worth isn't our value. It's who we know and how well we know them. And it sounds like the customer base you have is a very loyal customer base, especially because they are so family owned. And that goes a long way in markets like we have right now, because as I spoke to a truck driver earlier, another part of the segment I'm working on, relationships are everything. And what's another couple hundred dollars of freight spread out over thousands of packages at the retail level, it's pennies. Why would you want to risk not having product on the shelf over pennies fighting over freight rates? Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're loyal to our customers, but as well as our carriers. And, you know, we have multiple carriers that we've used for, like I said, decades. Um, and that are just really, and I mean, some of them can be, you know, the carrier could have, 20, 20 guys, truckers working for them. One of them may just have one or two. And, you know, so, so we're really loyal to both sides. Um, you know, whether you're doing it by yourself or you have another big trucking company that we may, you know, broker out the load to. Um, but I think the most important thing too, obviously loyalty um, to our customers and our carriers, but the vetting process that they go through to make sure that our customer's product, you know, 
and it, that it'll be taken care of is our first priority. And we make sure that that's our carrier's priority as well. So, you know, having those relationships that we've, we've formed over the past 59 years has really, really benefited us as a company. Well, and it's such a trucker's, I've said for years, the trucker's the most underappreciated job of the supply chain because you're always in some form of a hurry on both sides to wait. You're being pushed and pulled. And now they kind of have all the power right now with, you know, trucks that we used to have five, six pick, you know, picks, one drop trucks. Now things have kind of changed over the years. And, and it's good to see the trucker getting back some of this control and what i hope that they get is that appreciation to know that without them nothing around us would be in place because everything that sits in front of us whether it's the medicines we take the dog food we give our pets the food on our table everything touched logistics in some way shape or form yet it's so often forgotten about in the supply chain it's crazy yeah that that's that's very true and, uh, you know, so I just, I was just telling people today that really just don't understand on the, the trucking side. I mean, it's a brutal job to be in the bad weather each and every day, hurricanes, ice storms, floods. I mean, they, they risk their lives every day. Yeah. All the crazy. Their family, it's, it's, it's not really the healthiest lifestyle either for them. No. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's really, it's a tough job. And I don't think that people really, really realize that I've had, you know, people see that, that truckers are making a lot of money right now. And I've had people from out of state just randomly, you know, call our office and, and ask if, you know, we're hiring truck drivers. And I, you know, I want to know a little bit about them. And they're like, Oh, well, I live, you know, up north, and I have a, a job opportunity at Disney, you know, doing some type of like, you know, just like retail work in like a retail shop. And they're like, but are you guys hiring? You know, maybe I could just be a truck driver. And it's like, you know, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it takes experience. I mean, you're, it's an 18 wheeler, you know, you're on the road with other people and families and, you know, it's, it's a, it can be a dangerous job as well. So you have to, you know, have that experience and not just look at like the money side of it either, you know. No, it's a tough, um, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, I said, shoot, these truck drivers now, I may need to go get a truck and start driving. It's just, the money's crazy. But one of the things in that is that a lot of people don't realize, and you do this as a trucking company, is the money in the backhaul and how much that saves you and what drives these rates. And that's the tough part about the trucking thing is, you can't just bolt for an extra, it's the customer loyalty comes into play and you can't just bolt for that couple hundred dollars because when that market corrects and granted we're in something a little more different than we've ever seen, but historically when those markets correct, a lot of those people come back to Lexi for the couple hundred dollars. So it's just very important just in your job, just like mine, we just always have to take care of of all of our people and everything works out in the end on our service level because they are the face of our company yeah for yeah. sure i mean we're all we're all really in this together you know whether it's like logistics or a transportation company what you know and whether you're dealing with big 
you know, retailers. Um, we're really just all, all in this together and we're all very important to the supply chain. Yeah, yeah, we all have, it, it's just crazy when we all fight for quarters and everything. Yeah. And when, you, when you really see what goes into everything from the field to the table and everything that touches, I had a talk today about brokers with this truck driver. And I said, you know, unfortunately, everything that touches the supply chain adds some layer of cost that affects margin on every end of that deal. And that's where you just have to watch where we're going here. And uh, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough deal. Yeah. So another, um, I know you've got another little side thing you um, <laughs> you do here. I'm um, I'm involved with several different charities and different organizations, so I'm kind of familiar with some of what you do. But I'd love to kind of learn more about some of this. How you got involved in it. Um, were you already involved with fresh produce, I guess, before you started in the hauling industry of it? But if you can kind of give me a segue to your plant-based uh, pancreas um, blog um, account, and I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I've been a type 1 diabetic for 20 years this year. Um, I was diagnosed at 12, and I'm 32 now, so I'm 20 years in. and really my fresh produce or produce in general really wasn't especially fruit was not incorporated into my diet being first diagnosed I remember the, the nutritionist said something like you know eating a banana is the same thing as eating a piece of cake there's a lot of sugar in it so you should avoid it so fruit to me was really off the table um, growing up and I really just, you know, counted carbs and that's kind of what I, what I, you know, went with. Um, I found this book called Mastering Diabetes and it was actually written by two men who are also type one diabetics. So they're not just like, you know, doctors and endocrinologists who, you know, went to school for diabetes. These are actually people living with it every single day. And they follow a low fat plant-based whole food diet. And I listened to the book on audible and I listened to it twice and they kind of tell you to slowly drift into it, but that's not my personality. I'm kind of like all or nothing kind of girl. So I jumped right into it and I started that about two years ago and it really changed my life. I could tell my energy, I had so much more energy, energy. I get off work at five o'clock. Um, you know, I have two kids, a husband, and I used to be just drained. Now when I get off work, I have so much more energy and I could tell that almost immediately. Um, I started using less insulin, which was really good because my body started absorbing the insulin that I was giving myself like it should. And so I didn't need as much. Um, and so then I decided to start this plant-based pancreas um, Instagram because I wanted my own spot that my kids could be on every now and then and, and share that part of my life. But I was also making these delicious foods that other people were creating and I would recreate them in my own way and show people, hey, like 
you can use frozen sweet potatoes instead of having to do that whole process of the fresh sweet potatoes because really sweet potatoes are frozen sweet potatoes are fresh before they're frozen so you can totally use those get the same type of nutrients but you know cut out like 30 minutes of your time so I started doing that on my regular personal Instagram and people would just always reach out to me so I'm like hmm, maybe I should just like make my own little page so I started doing that and just making videos and I really had a lot of feedback um, my follower count grew really quickly and I was able I've learned so much too from other people that were in the diabetic community as well and so I started that account January of this year 2021 and it's it's really blown up for me I've had a lot of amazing opportunities since then and like I said since we ship so much fresh produce and the trade shows that we go to our produce trade shows um, I've really been able to incorporate my professional and my career life with my personal life and, and this new lifestyle that I've created for myself. And so I've been able to mesh those together, which is absolutely incredible for me because it gives me extra content and I'm being paid for it, you know, through my work and I love it. But I'm also able to connect with different retailers and produce companies in a different way than just, you know, going up to them and being, you know, hey, I'm Maddie Fisher. I'm the marketing manager for, you know, JGLC, a logistics and transportation company. I can connect with them on a different level because either I've tried their product or it's something completely new that I really, really want to try. And so, I'll, you know, I'll make videos of their, of their product and I'll try them and I'll share it on my own page. And I've really got, you know, a lot of great feedback from that. So it's, it's really been a win-win for me and my professional life and my personal life the way that they've connected as well and everybody including you that I've met in the produce industry um, they've opened up my eyes a lot to different produce that like I told you we I wasn't really not that I wasn't allowed to have fruit but it was kind of off the table for me so there are these new fruits that I've never tried before that are kind of very common but because it was off the table for me, I, I didn't know about them. So encompassing everything together has really been, um, you know, rewarding for me. And it's given me a whole new perspective of the produce industry as a whole. And I can't say enough about it. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible the way it's all working together for me. Yeah, no, it's impressive to see. And I, um, I don't know if you know who this girl is, but her name's Christina Beckerum, and like her Instagram thing goes by, I think it's at Fully Raw, it's fullyraw.com. She was a very good uh, friend of mine from Houston, and she's got well over a million Instagram followers, two people, and she had a co-op here in town, so I got kind of a front row seat years ago to some of the things you're doing and to speak to your point about veganism and different kind of things like it's all evolved and like looking at your recipes here like I, I can tell you right now I don't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables I'm just one of those that I just don't I, I, eat, hor I eat horrible but looking at your recipes here and stuff this stuff looks very good 
it's stuff that just like when I see some of these other vegan recipes, these things, it would blow people's minds if they had any idea of it. And some of the stuff's vegan and raw, you wouldn't even know. And no, I you think have no that idea. you're correct. And one thing that, and yeah, don't get me on my trade show, right? None of that. But <laughs> for years, for years, and, and I talked to other trade shows about this because this friend I had has a very, very big following. And I wanted to bring her in to try to engage with whether it's millennials or people like yourself or people just looking to be more cautious of what they eat or where their food comes from. I feel like this industry is really lacking in this segment right here. And there's nothing you said. One place they try to be savvy in this industry, and it's not even mentioned on your stuff here because I think it's irrelevant too, organic and non-GMO. To me, those are just marketing terms. And I don't think they have any benefit. And I think they're higher, they're higher priced. And it's very expensive to eat healthy. And now you're asking somebody to go organic and non-GMO in a world where we have a pandemic going on and you're supposed to be eating healthy and all that, it becomes very expensive with inflation and stuff. But I think that one of the things you've kind of shown here is through a lot of simple items, you can make a lot of cool stuff. You just, and I think that there's a lot of cool blogs like this out here. And it just disappoints me that I don't see our industry. And that's why I try to use some of my platforms and our Instagram um, handles to promote these things because I get more feedback. I had somebody ask me the other day, actually, this was a uh, professional tennis player out of all people that wanted to know if they could contact somebody that I posted a video other than making something because it looks so good and easy to make and they wanted to just get my blessing to do it. So people watch these things. I mean, these are very, we're not talking about, you know, seeing Martha Stewart or something cook stuff. This is just average people that are really making a good impact showing how to cook these things. And I think this is some great content that you're, you're putting out here and I'm hoping to see, you know, some of this grow and cause there's a, there's a big market for this stuff. Yeah, there's a huge market for it because when we go to these trade shows, there's thousands of, you know, different fruits and vegetables that are just, and I know that they donate them, but I always wonder, like, is the luncheon that we're eating at or the dinners, are they using the produce that's brought in? Is that, is that possible? I mean, no, no, they're not because the hotel doesn't allow, yeah, the hotel doesn't allow that. And you another... Know, like, You've been in the industry much longer than me. I've been here, you know, a little over five years. So I'm, I'm still very green to it all. Um, you know, so, so you have a better eye in that and for I, me than me. And I know the other side too, because I did major in hotel restaurant management. So I do know too, like how much food gets wasted and whatnot. And I've got a lot of stories on that, but you know, one of the, um, one of the things that I used to tell this other friend of mine, as well as another couple of, you know, Instagram influencers and social media, and I've always been fascinated with social media. I mean, it's another show I'm actually working on. It's kind of, re I always feel like social media has to be retalked about about once or twice a year because it changes mm -hmm. and you have to change with the times. 
But one of the things I've talked to a lot of these influencers about is how much money certain brands would pay to know that that was a Driscoll strawberry or Church Brothers lettuce or so-and-so something. Because to me, that's a better product placement than some supermodel holding their strawberry because that doesn't do anything for anybody. But when they see somebody use that in a recipe that's seen over and over and over and over and over, things start to click in people's heads. And I've tried to explain to influencers how much money there is to make in doing things like that. And that's just my little point of thought for you is this keeps growing. Just know there's money in every single one of those pictures based on the brand you're using when you line up the labels. Oh no, no, I know that for sure. I mean, <laughs> if I'm on if I'm on Instagram and and I and I kind of learned this at at first, I had to ask a few people, but I've learned that if I see a product that I really love and it's affordable and I know that I would actually use it. I will, I will message them and I will say, Hey, do you have any, you know, like ambassador programs that are available or, you know, branding sponsorships or, you know, or partnerships, anything. And most of them do, they will send you stuff for, I have gotten multiple things for free and they say, Hey, make a TikTok, you know, make a post, tag us, and we will send you this, this, and this. And, And and, you know, some of them I use and they say, hey, like, we'll give you a discount code and, yeah. you know, whatever, a long way. yeah, and whatever. And so I get their product for free and I use it every single day. And then because it's my daily life, obviously, it's very easy for me to share it because I live this every single day. So it's easy for me to share. And why not give somebody, you know, 10 or 15% off? And then I do make a portion of that you it know, makes people day. feel good it makes people feel yeah. good i can't tell you how many there's definitely because... an opportunity like you said and in, in all of that and i've and i've definitely picked up on that but i always make sure that it's something that i want to use and that i like using and even yeah, you want to be passionate it, about your story yeah. it's part of the marketing piece yeah. you kind of want to you want to feel what you're doing and mm-hmm. and have confidence in what you're doing it's important and uh and just be honest. No, I, think, about it. I think being honest about it too, about the product, is very important. Um, that doesn't mean it's yeah. honest. People always get confused with honesty. They think if you get, you know, many times I watch a review on something before I buy it on Amazon or YouTube, and I appreciate a person giving an honest Apple review and docking a star for how something was, because just as that bothered them glad and all that but it might not bother me but at least it's honesty and not just a straight up five star so honesty is always good listen have you ever ordered anything off amazon and then when it's came they send you like this little gift card or not a gift card but like this little note card and it says hey if you leave a review and a picture we will send you a 25 dollar gift card i have gotten those before (laughs) yeah and I said it's a great marketing strategy. It is, but at the same time, it's like deceitful. So you have to like really pick through. Or are they saying, hey, we know our product sucks, but can you please do this? Card saying it was good and we'll give you a $25 gift certificate for another one that sucks. Yeah, but that's why you gotta, <laughs> you gotta kind of realize, I mean, you can tell like, you know, on Instagram 
or even like TikTok or whatever, you can you can tell who is being paid by the by the content that they're oh, yeah, yeah. and that maybe it's really not authentic. And so I learned a lot of I yeah. learned a lot about that in the past year in politics and the gender's push and all that. There's always influencers are worth a lot of money. And likes don't, it's one of my big pet peeves and I always tell people about marketing. Likes don't equal dollars and likes don't equal votes, but you do want to see at least engaging content and context back and forth. That's what's important. Yeah, and people actually, you know, engaging with you and and you know, DMing you and, and you responding back. Um, when I was at one of the trade shows, I was at a woman, women's luncheon and I met a lady named Sharon and she's from North Bay Produce and we instantly clicked. And then, you know, we kind of always chatted back and forth and they're based out of Michigan. And she, she makes recipes with their products and she'll make videos mm -hmm. and she's made a cookbook and she is actually creating these things and these recipes and these this food um and so i told her a little bit about what i'm doing and at one of her booths she ended up cooking at her booth and i just thought that that was something that was really creative and interesting and maybe you know with her product that that other people weren't necessarily doing at the booth and that was something that I loved seeing. She ended up, you know, sending me one of her cookbooks, a cutting board, a knife. And then when I did um, one of my commercials with Medtronic, I ended up using, like I was cutting, you know, my, I think I was doing like cilantro and like tomatoes and I was cutting it up on her, or on her cutting board that she gave me. And I don't know if it'll show up in there, but hopefully. But I thought I thought that was really cool because I was connecting all of it together. And like I had her cookbook out. And I just think that that is a way to utilize what I'm doing in my professional career and with in my personal life, you know, because I, I use, you know, those recipes from the North Bay, North Bay Produce cookbook that she's made. And I just thought that was really cool, really interesting and something different that she was doing. And I love that they have that concept and they're so, yeah. And I think, yeah. And, and I think what you, yeah, I think what you do to, you know, my bit of advice on kind of growing yours is everything's about it. And I even get off track a lot of times. I don't do it at work as much, but on side projects is always be consistent in what you do, you know, right now on a schedule, like, on Monday, I'm going to post a recipe. On Tuesday, I'm going to do this. Wednesday, I'm going to do this. Because then when people start expecting more of that stuff and know what to expect, it helps bring up your engagement. And when you don't do what they ask for, and then that's when you know you kind of got something there. And and I think that, because um, like I said, I think you got good content. Now it's just how to take it to the next level. And I said, I'll start. As I start seeing some of the stuff too, I'm going to share it just across my stuff because. Trust me, eventually I, I run out of content going through my coolers and taking pictures of produce. I mean, it gets it gets old. You know, that's why a lot of my stuff has to do with nothing but produce. I just want to tell stories about people or my employees or organizations we work with or fun produce facts or something. I want them to kind of know my um my feed for you never know what you're gonna get. 
and things like yours is what can bring people coming back to mind because somebody's going to relate to that and at least then maybe they go follow you at that point no exactly and i love that you i love that you shared that and that kind of you know i want to talk a little bit about brothers produce i want to know more about that and you know what what you guys offer and what makes you unique can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah so so i can tell you what makes us unique is you know it's the people and the culture and I learned I'm 22 years in. I learned years ago, though, that it's the culture that drives the company. Um, if you lose a culture, it's real dangerous on what can downfall from there. So you have to be real, real careful that you hire people of similar culture or that can drive together. And one of the best examples of culture is you think about, you know, Apple and Steve Jobs and and what he did and how vital culture was to the company. Because a lot of times culture is so much more than just how people work together. It's the way they believe in themselves. It's the way we got through COVID, you know, just everybody leans on each other and gets along. And it's not a team's fault. It's not a person's fault, it's a team. And that's just been real important to me. And hey, sometimes you, I, you know, I've learned before you can hire the best hire in the world for your company, but if they're not your right culture, they might not be a good hire for you. And that's a hard pill to swallow because I've been in that position before. Yeah, uh, they have to drive with the company. Yeah, you can have some rifts and you upset people and there's nothing, you're never going to please everybody. And that's a mistake that a lot of people don't understand is that you're it's never going to please. It's not personally, it's just it's statistics. Personal. Yeah, um, business. You know, one of the ways I know we talked about for the industry as a whole to improve, we saw a lot of that in the past couple of years, but they have to be taught, they have to be open, they have to be transparent, they have to communicate, and people can't be afraid of competition because competition is good, it's what makes us all better, it's what makes us sink on our toes more, it's what makes us execute better, and if we don't all talk and if we're all on an island, when catastrophic events hit like what happened the past couple of years we all get lost and eventually you know a good chunk of us find our way back to where we need to go but there's still going to be some that remain lost and not saying people have to trust each other because sometimes it's hard to trust people but you can at least trust somebody i think enough to sit in the room and know that there's a lot of a lot of pieces in this industry and a lot of pie to go around to feed everybody yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you got to make a little noise to get that that point across to be heard, you know? Yeah, you got to speak up for the silent. A lot of times the silent can be the majority, but if they're not spoken up for, then nothing ever gets changed. You know, and that's um, some of the advice that I give to somebody starting off in the produce industry is, yeah, the first thing, don't take anything personal. I... Um, I'm sure you're in your business. We get a lot of unnice things said to us each and every day. And we don't know what kind of day those people are having. They don't know what kind of day we're having. And so what I try to do with that advice is in telling people don't take things personal, also tell them try to give two to, two to three compliments to random people a day because you never know how good that's going to make somebody feel 
And a lot of times, and I take this to the bank, people care about gratitude and feeling good a lot better than they care about how much money they make. Because eventually if they feel appreciated, then they're not going to be worried about the money aspect because money will always come with appreciation. Absolutely. What's one thing is you just, if you don't have thick skin in this industry, you will not make it. I mean, that's, it's just simple. I've been there long enough to know. Yeah. You have to have thick skin and, and it's, and like you said, it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. You know, you also have to appreciate and show gratitude to other people as well you know, and, and try to be that light in people's day, you know, gratitude to that. I did like a whole reset of my career a couple of years ago. I just really sat down and tried to figure out in my life, where does gratitude lie? How do I bring it to the forefront and then not let so many things bother me and just be thankful for the small things. And I did all this before COVID and I think it really helped me. A lot made me a better person, and sometimes you know, it might not make me a nicer person, but I do at least have some compassion on all things at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the things you would ask me about the best piece of advice in trying to gain new customers. So, one of the things I still like doing is selling. I believe uh, just having a thrill to sell. I like to, in order to gain new customers, what I like to figure out first, those two things. First, I like to figure out why the customers that we buy from buy from us. You know, I don't like to hear price because that means that I can lose them to price too. If it's my service, if it's my driver, if it's however we do our online ordering, whatever it is, that's how I want to find and engage who I know fits the bank of because that's how I know that I'm good at those things. So now I need to go find the kind of people that may want things like that. And then that's just kind of how I feel about it. And um, I never take no for an answer. And I don't press hard when I get new business because I want people to come to me. I want them to feel comfortable. It's a courting process. And then I want to show them, you know, over the longevity of things that I'm not always going to be the cheapest, but I'm somebody you can always trust and is going to be there to be an insurance policy to your food costs. I think that's really, really good advice. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was, when I first started out doing the marketing, I was very new to it all. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I want to get some new customers. Like I want to do this. And so I would, you know, post things on social media and I would reach out to these, you know, retailers and I would message them on Instagram or on Twitter. And I really wasn't getting a lot of response. And I could see that they read my message, but they didn't respond to me. So one Not like the ultimate withdrawal, right? Yeah, because I can see it. And I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I did something wrong. And so I try to make it like a little more authentic and not copy and paste. And so I did that. It worked a little bit better, but really not so much. And I was during COVID, you know, everything was like Zoom. And so all of these, you know, produce, industry, Zoom meetings, United Fresh, EMA, everything. They'd have a bunch of Zoom meetings. 
so one day we had an opportunity once it was you know almost over to ask questions and being in logistics i would say at that point we were kind of at the bottom of the food chain and probably annoying at that point i think logistics people can be seen as that or transportation can be seen as that always kind of bugging Somebody. Yeah, it just depends on their mindset. It just depends what yeah. the industry setting for. And so I kind of felt like that's how it was. So I just being me, going back to just going all in and being just upfront and wanted the honesty, I said, Hey, you know, I message these people, these companies, you know, not just day after day. Maybe it's not this it's not the same company, but just different ones. And I don't get any response. I was like, why? why are you guys not responding to me? What is it? What can I do? Because I wanted to be better. And I wanted to know mm -hmm. what those potential customers were thinking and, and what they really want from me. And they said, Hey, we don't know you pick up the phone and call us or ask, you know, say, Hey, like we see that this is happening, you know, with, with this certain product right now that, you know, we have and talk to us about that. Or because I said, we have people like you messaging us 10 to 20 times a day. So you need to stick out and you need to stick out in a way that is almost, it's more relational. It's about the relationship. Yeah. And that's what he was telling me. And this is an older gentleman who, you know, told me what he wanted, but he, you know, really just sat on the fact of like the relationship aspect of the industry and, and really checking that checking in on them and not what, you know, what we want to give them or what we want, you know, not, it's not about us. It's about them check in on them. And so that was, that was really interesting. And that was really pivotal for me and my marketing approach, as far as getting in with those contacts and those customers that me, we may have been looking at. And I just, I thought that was really interesting. And I'm really glad that I asked the question. I was really nervous about it, but I wanted to know why. And I and I, it was really great feedback. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is um, yeah, some of the. And you're on that side of that, Brent. Like you're on that side of it, so it would be like if I was like messaging Brothers Produce, you know, being like, "Hey, we've been in business for 59 years. You know, we can do this, this, and this." It's like, okay, well, what sets you apart? You know, how can we yeah. have that relationship with you? And that's what I'm always trying to, I, I tell people all the time, like keep a log of where I want to be three years ahead of everybody. And going back to what you're saying, the relationship side. So before COVID, I had, a, I had an older sales staff that had slowly retiring off. I had like 15 salespeople. It had cut down to like eight. And I decided instead of replacing them, I believe I can enhance my customer to service department to really make those customers feel special, feel like somebody cares without having to see them all the time, thus saving my people window time and, you know, me having people driving in circles time. And it, and it worked. And because what I saw is exactly what you said, people just want to feel appreciated. And even if I have, I, I've just gone now and hired a couple of salespeople that I've moved for. Their job isn't to get new business. Their job is to protect the business I have because out of 3,000 accounts, there's always somebody pissed off. Yeah. So 
just seeing a new face will change the way that customer feels by somebody new walking in. Hey, I'm so-and-so from Brothers Produce. I understand you're having an issue with your avocados. Do you mind if I kind of take a look at the process so then I can report back to my office and see if there's something that we can do about this or if maybe there's something you're doing here. You know, not trying to put yeah, blame, but the time to that's how we have to end up. And that's part of, yeah, and that's part of, that's part of innovating. And that's why I like to, at my company, I like to be a leader and not a follower. And there's nothing wrong with being a follower because I always believe that it doesn't matter what time you get to the party if you're the best dressed. You know, and that's kind of what I look at on iPhone. They weren't the first to have that phone, but they had the best one, so it didn't matter when they got there. Yeah. So, yeah that's kind of yeah, where I am on that. Uh, I think what else? Um, what else I got? I'm kind of taking a lot of your time here, and I, no, you're I good. appreciate I think, that. I think mm -hmm. I do want to know. Um, what is your favorite fruit? This is fun always to ask somebody in the produce. Avocado. That's the only one I really eat. And then what okay. about vegetable? Since you're not a big, big produce guy, vegetable? what about vegetable? I mean, I, I can't go wrong with like a potato. But the problem is that potato is not going to be raw. It's going to be fried and it's going to be smashed and it's going to have grease and it's going to have Sour all the cream and bacon. Everything, yeah. Everything. Exactly. That's going to be my, and then I would say to get my fruit, you know, a lot of times I get the cherry pop hearts and I put peanut butter on top of them and then that's just like a peanut that butter is not, <laughs> <laughs> that, that does not count at all. I'm telling you, if you give those people, it's like a gourmet, I blow people away. And then I actually take chips like Doritos or Cheetos and I sprinkle them on them. Like where it's like you used to put your chips in your sandwich. When you were in like preschool, that's like tastes just like food. tastes just like uh, sandwich grain to a coffee shop one day with that. That's like what Patrick's mm -hmm. Tiger King is eating right now. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Now it's uh, yeah, I'm not one you want to take dietary advice from. I'm not. Uh, I'll drink juices every now and then because we sell them, but that's about it. Yeah, but that's that's really good to know. And then I think something else that I do want to know is that I really admire your, the trucks that you guys have and the artwork that you put on them. I saw your post a few months ago where you were asking people what they loved best, which one they liked best. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, how do you decide what kind of like artwork you put on your trucks and how often do you switch that? So I switched. So and how was it done? Also, sorry for your for your company as far as advertising. Can you tell? So we got one hundred and twenty. I've got one hundred and twenty trucks. So each X amount of year, certain leases, and we get new trucks. We rewrap them. Sometimes, if I do a drastic change, like what happened in two thousand fifteen, where I needed to get my old logo completely out of there, and then when that happens, I have to play with some leases for yourself. So to answer your question, I do about I got 120 trucks right now. You know, it's changed a little because the supply chain delays. And I do about 15 to 20 a year. They're all different. And 
by them being all different creates two things. It creates a mirage to where you don't know from the average person, you know, you think my person got a lot of trucks because I've never seen the same one twice, right? But then you also, we got a lot of trucks. So the answer to your question is, I get an idea. I carry a notepad right now, so all day long. I get an idea about what I want to put on a truck, and then I start working on it, and I send it to the graphic company, and I'll say, I want this, 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 and this, and I make this happen. And these people are just really good with, like, our, you know, PDF stuff. And I've made one with slot machines. I'm working on a really long good kind of truck right now. I just sometimes have to find the legal right to what I can get away with when it has to do with things like that. But I want less produce on my trucks and more branding because that's the future of my company is my brand and not my not produce. And um, you know, like alcohol is a big play for me coming up, and that's. It's one of the funnest things that I think I do is making just fun stuff that I know people laugh at or smile or they think, what was he thinking when he did this? I just, I enjoy it. No, I think that's really interesting because when I was on, I was on the uh, Southwest flight to Tennessee for a trade show a few months ago and the, um, where you put your your carry-on bags up there they actually had I believe it was like St. Jude's the kids drew pictures and they actually used those uh, for like they put those on display um on the overhead luggage on the compartment and there's something cool so I have right something, right. something cool so I've got next spring I've already got a deal set up with a couple of schools where they will draw my next trucks and then i will award a scholarship award whatever the legal amount is to their school and then that truck will deliver to that school district That's and then we'll say like mrs pictures so grade class or whatever i don't want to get about the name of the kid whoever it was and i'm going to have all the new stations in town run the voting so it'll get shared like crazy online every day no will for sure and it's and actually like for me personally flying is not my favorite thing I actually get a little nervous but when I was seeing that it was actually comforting to me to see the kid drawings and that they included that because that was literally space up there you know that that's completely open and that they decided to use that you know, as for their space is really something incredible to me. And I've never, I've never seen it before on any other flight. Um, and I just thought that, I thought that was really, really cool um, to do. And no, it's I neat. And the kids that did it, the kids that did it always remember doing it too. Because of like, yeah. you said where it's at or whatever. It's cool. Absolutely. I love that you're going to incorporate that as well into the trucks because that really now, i've been wanting to do it for a couple of years and covid kind of messed it up but it'll also it's going to make us look better the school districts too because now we're like partners yeah absolutely yeah so it's all it all works together and it's it's helping other people 
as well. And, and I'll bring in, you know me, you know what I'm going to do when I do it. I'll bring in growing partners. They'll also help me pay for these trucks. So it'll be a combined industry effort. Absolutely. I think that's incredible. I love that idea. And and I hope more people catch on to what, what you're doing as well. I think that's that's amazing. And that's the fun. That's the fun stuff to me. That's the marketing side. And I wasn't always a marketing person. You know, I just kind of evolved into one because that's what we all have to do. We're all selling the same product. So eventually we have to get better at marketing that product or servicing that product. So that's what I became. I think you're doing good. And I appreciate it. No, I don't want to take too much of your time. I want to thank you for coming on here. Thanks for all you do. You contribute to the industry and look forward to doing something. You got your feet wet and, you know, stuff's not too hard. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was fun. No, thank, thank you. And yeah, keep uh, doing those videos so I can, I will share them out and blast them out as much as I can. Yeah, I will. Feel free, everybody, to check out my Instagram, plant-based pancreas, for delicious mm -hmm. recipes or, you know, diabetic hacks and tips and tricks. And then that, uh, any website on that, or is it just linked to the Instagram page? Right now, it's just, um, I do have a website, but it's not, it's not ready yet. So right now, I'm just on Instagram. And That's what you need anyway. Yeah, you can... Catch me on Instagram and then our JGLC Instagram as well, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, as well as Green Transport or on all of those platforms as well. You can you can find us and connect with us for sure. We appreciate it. Thanks again. And uh, I hope you have a great night. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Brent. Thanks. Uh -huh. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Produce Life podcast. To be a guest on the show or to learn more, please check us out at www.theproducelife.com.